Welcome back to the Effort of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cleveland. On today's episode, Gabe Yannis and I, we're back on the mic for our weekly episode. This time, talking about the liver king being exposed. What does it mean? You get our hot take right here on this episode. Talk about mouth taping, talk a little bit about cauliflower ear, and finish it off with some great workouts. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. As per usual, if you do, simple ask, tell a friend, send it to someone, enjoy this episode, keep crushing it. See you again next week. Elf on the shelf. Uh, you know, my kids are in age, so Ava knows about Santa Claus and stuff. Um, Caden, I don't know, man. I'm like 50-50. I think he wants to believe in it, but I think that, like this morning, I was just telling you, I had to do the elf on the shelf because my wife and daughter are at science camp. And uh, I put them like on the table. It's the first day of December. So you put like an advent calendar, like his is like a like a, I don't know, it's like a uh, he gets like caramels every day for 30 days of Christmas or whatever. But uh, I put the elves there and he just like walks up, doesn't give a shit about the elves and just like grabs the calendar and just wants to have the thing out of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man, I think he might be kind of turning the corner too. So he's, uh, my daughter's 11, he's uh, eight. So I think he's kind of at that age where maybe the word's getting around. So we'll see. Anyways, that's what yeah, I like. Doing. Probably gets around at school, right? Like there's always the kid that's like, dude, you know, Santa isn't real, right? Dude, hundred percent. Or like one of the kids is like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait for Santa to come." Like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, your parents didn't tell you that Santa's not real. I mean, yeah. Anyways, so that's what we had going on this morning. Um, I'm at the gym right now, dude. The place was packed. Vibes are right, and uh, time to chat about uh, what are we chatting about? Liver King. Uh, oh, dude, uh, I I really want to talk about the Liver King. Dude, the uh, Liver Kings. Before that, though, before that. I don't know if you saw on social media. I did that workout that we talked about on the oh, podcast a few weeks ago. Dude, I got to I got to bring it up cuz you were giving me a hard time like, "Hey, can you even deadlift 315?" Yes, I can deadlift 315, Jay. It was a good workout though. It was fun. It was fun. It was a really really fun combo of like especially for me, like that stuff's wheelhouse where like, yes, it's a heavy barbell, but like two reps is like just enough that I get the rest of the bar muscle-ups and the burby box jump overs, like not have to really think about it to come and do it again. But I like those like 10 round workouts, like when it's a lot of rounds, few movements, and you have to be really good about quick transitions. I like the fact that you, like if you want to get a really good score. So just to recap, in case people missed it, the workout was 10 rounds for time and it was two deadlifts at 315, four bar muscle-ups and eight, box jump overs, 24 inch box. Um, and as I was saying, I like these workouts where, you know, it's a lot of rounds and quick transitions because you know that if you want to get a good time, you kind of have to move. You can't really think everything is like, okay, get on the bar, start the first box jump, get on the barbell. So I I enjoyed it. It was a fun workout. Yeah. The transition times really matter in that workout. Right. Um, but dude, yeah, I think you got nine for you. I think I got a similar time. I think I was telling you though, I, um, when I was going through it, I uh, I just knew I wanted to beat, I think I was racing Zach, I think. And I just knew I wanted to beat him. Um, we did a similar workout, 10 round, uh, two full snatches, hang hang squat snatches, four bar muscle-ups, uh, either six or eight burpees over the bar. I think that one's coming up. And that was also 10 rounds. And that one was, that one was pretty tough. It was at 135. Um, but I like those Ooh. 10 round workouts because you can kind of move through them to your point. He's got to keep track of the rounds. That's the only thing. Like I, I, I could do a better job of that. 
Well, I was taking a little peek at the clock and I knew I was like floating around a minute per round. So yeah. that was an easy way to, to keep count. But um, fun workout. Glad I hit it. Looking forward to the other 10 rounder. Did you're, um, did you're fitter than uh, don't don't let it don't don't let the, you know, uh, Gabe is over here in uh, in the in the barn crushing it because, uh, dude, you're pretty fit, bro. You're pretty fit. Dude, trying to, man, trying to. I really want to. And I mentioned this on the podcast a little while back, you know, after like really focusing on putting on some weight now kind of cutting back, but also like, you know, the opens coming up and, and, you know, I'd like to participate last year was really fun to like, you know, fire up the text thread with my buddies again and compare scores and talk a little bit of smack. So looking forward to doing that. I know you're going to be doing the workouts too. So, um, you know, trying to get a little bit more in shape. Cause I was actually, to be perfectly honest, I was in pretty out of shape for me, at least when I was in California last, um, you know, really huffing and puffing a little bit more than, than I usually do, but it comes back quick, especially for me, you know, like I have such a hard time putting on weight that as soon as I try and take it off, it actually comes off relatively quick. Um, and like the engine stuff tends to come back pretty quick just because I have that endurance background. Dude, you know, it's fu funny. You say huffing and puffing. So, you know, we talk about nasal breathing and a mm -hmm. lot of people discuss nasal breathing at this idea of like a neurological sense where like, you know, when you're deep nasal breathing, it like puts your body at like a state of like more or less rest. You get these nice deep breaths. And that's why like mouth tape is popular. It helps you sleep, helps you. But what was interesting is I had a, um, I had a gentleman the other day and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, before I speak on this more, I need to, I need to talk to him more, but we spent about an hour talking about the benefits of nasal breathing compared to mouth. And one of the things that he was discussing is that there's a bunch of studies that the air, the oxygen that comes in through your nose when it actually hits your lungs is four degrees warmer and more moist than the air that comes in through your mouth. And I found that to be really interesting because essentially what he was trying to say is that when your lungs deplete of moisture and dry out, you hit a general state of fatigue quicker than if you were providing it with a little bit more moisture at a little bit of a higher temperature because it uptakes it better. And I'm probably butchering this, but it was interesting because he went and like graphed it for me and really showed me some of the science behind it. And I had never really thought about it through that lens. I'd only thought about it through like when you're running and you're using your nose or when you're in a state of rest, you're finding your nose breathing versus typically when you're like hyperventilating or going crazy, you're breathing out of your mouth. And so it triggers you differently. But I never heard that before. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, cause I know that that's why it's, it's, it's super important. That's why people will get like a dry throat or a dry mouth if they're mouth breathing a lot. But, you know, I think that what it comes down to is balancing, you know, the fact that at the end of the day, you just can't get the same amount of air oxygen through your nose that you can through your mouth. So what that seems to tell me is what would be a good strategy on a workout is to maybe try and start breathing in through your nose um, for as long as you can. But once you get to that point where you're just like, you know, it feels like you're breathing through a straw, you kind of have to switch, but maybe delaying that for as long as possible could help, you know, make sure that your lungs are getting warmer air, moister air, which can help you just, you know, set you up to be in a better place as opposed to three, two, one go. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically he was making the argument that if you were in a, a more humid environment without it being too humid, and a warmer environment without it being too warm, like that's the perfect state. But like, if it's like too yeah. cold or whatever, like the, the, I had never thought about like, 
your lung capacity in terms of how that correlates to the weather. Um, and uh, anyways, I'm going to dive deeper with this guy. I just, I just thought it was really interesting that he was bringing that up. I, I hadn't looked at it through that lens. So I'll keep, I'll report back when I get more data from him because I'm trying out a few things that he was recommending um, anyways for the future. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that stuff, man. I, I I love that stuff. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's worth mentioning again. I I used to be a chronic chronic mouth breather as as a kid and growing up. Um, and there came a point, probably when I was actually in San Jose, where I, I was just I couldn't get good quality sleep at night. Like I was waking up every night, not just once, but like two or three times to to use the bathroom. But you know what I came to learn afterwards was that normally if you're in true deep sleep, like you really, even if you drink enough water, maybe once, like once it's fine if you're waking up once in the morning, but you shouldn't be getting up like two or three times to use the bathroom. That just means that you're not getting deep sleep and you know, it, 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 you'll, you'll have to do something. So maybe use the bathroom, but it's not, oh my God, like it's my bladder that's waking me up. It's just, just you're not getting quality sleep. So anyway, roundabout way of saying, I started taping my mouth at night. Sounds a little bit crazy. Something that I heard about on a podcast and read about in a book, thought I'd give it a try. Ariel thought it was super weird. You know, you're going to bed at night. I got like a piece of uh, athletic tape on my mouth, but it like, it was weird for the first couple of days, but it completely like, honestly, and I, 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 this isn't an overstatement. Like it changed my life. It changed my life because like, once you realize what quality sleep should feel like, you're like, it's completely different. Like you don't struggle to wake up in the morning immediately after that is when I started like waking up like super early every morning because I could now like waking up at 5am. Yeah. Waking up at 5am wasn't this like, Oh my God, like I could really use another two hours of sleep. I was finally getting good sleep now. So I woke up at 5am and now like if we sleep in on the weekends, like I I probably can't stay asleep longer than, than six 30. If that, unless we had some, reason that we got to bed super late. Um, and it's just because like, I'm getting good sleep at night and it lets me get a head start on the day. So hey, not saying that everyone has to go out there and tape their mouths at night, but if you've struggled to get good quality sleep and you notice that you breathe through your mouth a lot, there's specific tape that they sell too, that, you know, might be a little bit more comfortable because it's porous and it doesn't like completely tape your mouth shut might be a good thing to try. And at the very least it's super inexpensive. Maybe it doesn't work out for you and you just stitch it. Hey, so two things on that. A company called Hostage Tape is sending me some. This is not a promotion for them. I have no idea how good it is. Hostage Tape? Yeah. So I'll let you know how it goes. Interesting branding. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is uh, get as much sleep as you can right now and really enjoy it through your, oh, nose, yeah. through your mouth or whatever the hell you can do. <laughs> <laughs> in a short period of time, you're not going to yeah, be having that same level of restful sleep. So um, yeah, it's a good point. Baby coming. Very um, good point. Uh, on a random note, this is just a shout out to the jujitsu guys out there. I had been suffering from a little bit more cauliflower on this side of my ear. Oh yeah. It looks better. Yeah. So I drained it, uh, four or five times. Um, I am not a doctor. It's not medical advice, but if you are getting cauliflower, the 20 gauge is the best that I found online to, uh, help drain it. Um, the insulin needles are too thin and they don't absorb anything. And then any bigger is just like really big. So 20 gauge, uh, needle was, was the best I found to drain it. And then you put some compression on it. So they have magnets on it. They have other ways of doing it, but basically I, um, I drained mine a few times to get to where it's at now. And now I'm currently wearing headgear. We'll see how long that lasts for. Um, All right. so we need to dive into this a little bit more. Cause I'm curious. 
Oh, so are you just pricking your ear and then just like squeezing blood out of it? Like, is that so literally what's happening? So let's clarify. I am not a doctor. I cannot recommend yes. this. But <laughs> Neither of us are. <laughs> yeah. But according to the internet. <laughs> oh, boy. According to the, all the guys I've been rolling jiu-jitsu with for a long time. I started draining my ear probably maybe five years ago when it would would burt. It would, it would grow. And then, you know, you would see it. Basically, um, I started off having like Ashley do it. I now do it myself. I find that it's better. I'll look um, for where the, obviously like where the bulge is. I'll go like top down with the needle. And then basically you, you pull out the needle, you know, like, like it's, it's a syringe. So you, you drain it out. And then once you drain it, all the blood in there and whatever else is in there starts to, you know, come out. Now it will fill back up again, um, but you can keep compression on it, which will help. And I had to drain mine three, four, five times actually to get to where it is. But it, it, I don't just poke it and like squeeze it. I poke it and then drain it, actually pull out that syringe and use clean gnarly. needle. But here's an interesting fact. That is so I went, gnarly. I went to six different CVS and Walgreens, six in California, six, not one would give me a needle without a prescription. And so I walked in there. I'm like, Hey man, I know this is a weird request. <laughs> or I tried all different types of pitches. Like, Hey, look at my ear, blah, blah, blah. But in Austin, we were able to get a needle just boom for a buck. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, it's no rules out here. It's a wild blessing in Texas. I guess so. But yeah, I, um, see, so yeah, I've been draining it, got it to a point now where it's better. And then I just will be wearing headgear in particular, you know, I think for people that do jujitsu, um, where I found that my ears get irritated more than actually in the roles is actually in um, technique work, especially if you're doing things like triangles or whatever. So I'm just going to be wearing the headgear during warm up and technique work, et cetera. And then during the roles, I'll kind of be iffy about it. Maybe I'll wear it. Maybe I won't. I feel like it's a little bit constricting, but at the same time, uh, you know, my big motivation is Ashley's like, Hey, I don't find that attractive. So I'm trying to, you know, trying to keep the vibes right there. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, is it more likely that that happens? Like it has to be trauma, right? Like you need to be like hit. It's yeah. not the squeezing won't do it, right? Like compression oh, or it will. Too. Yeah. You'll, and, and then what will happen is if you get like the squeeze and it'll like crack the cartilage or whatever in there. Um, if you continue like, dude, where, where you get really messed up is like, and I feel bad for the guys that are like pro jujitsu guys because they have no other option. Like if you continue to train on it and right. it's, and right, it's, right. and it's swollen, It'll just get really just bad. Get worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, it's, it's squeezing or like trauma. Like if you get hit or whatever. Now I know that it's like a cosmetic thing, um, for you and, you know, for, for these professional kind of BJJ or mixed martial art fighters, whatever, is there ever a point where like you have to get it taken care of because it like impacts hearing or like anything like functional, or is it like purely just like, are you okay with rocking this look or are you not? I think that, you know, like I was with Jimmy Letchford yesterday from GORUCK and he has some pretty gnarly uh, cauliflower from wrestling um, uh, at the Navy. Navy. I'm 99% sure it's Navy, even though he's a Marine now. But anyways, um, and his ears almost closed up, but I don't think he has any issues. So I haven't heard it impacting um, your actual hearing. I imagine when it gets to that point where it's so bad that it like is blocking your ear canal. They have probably inserts you could put there because I mean, dude, you, you wouldn't want to not be able to hear. So no. I haven't heard that. I think it's mainly cosmetic. That's wild, man. That's wild. But Hey, let's, um, let's dive into this liver King thing. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this entire story and I think it's interesting. So a little bit of background for people that maybe 
aren't su- super familiar with the liver king although the guy is like blown up in popularity so he came on to the like the social media scene like fairly recently it was like 2021 yeah and it's been like two it's been like a year and a half two years tops. yeah n- not super long and yeah. he's like i mean you can look him up on instagram but he's like a, a movie character right like he's he he doesn't seem real he's super jacked and his whole thing is you know pushing these nine ancestral tenants which honestly for the most part like I don't think anyone worth their salt would disagree with, you know, like he, he says that you should work out, you should get sunlight, you should have, you know, um, you know, eat whole foods. Obviously he's really big on like, you know, animal foods and, and organ meats and those being kind of like super um, nutrient dense, all things that like, you know, I believe in to an extent, but he's super over the top and theatrical, right? So if you follow him on Instagram, he's eating, you know, like a whole raw liver and he's always eating all this crazy raw food and he's doing insane workouts at his ranch. He actually lives in Texas, no surprises there. Um, But, you know, as he grew in popularity, because I think he has over, well over a million followers now on Instagram, the big thing that kept coming up is people were like, okay, clearly he's not looking the way he looks off of liver and Wheaties, right? Like he is on gear, on steroids. Like there's some PED use to make him look the way he looks because he looks crazy. Like he is jacked and lean out of his mind. And he's like in his 40s, mid 40s or late 40s. He's like 40, yeah, he's like 45, 46, something like that. Yeah, it like doesn't look real. So a lot of speculation started coming up that like, hey, this guy has to be on steroids. And like to anyone that like, you know, I don't want to say has some common sense, but knows kind of what it takes to reach that type of aesthetic, especially at that age. Like it wouldn't have seemed unlikely that he was using it. I think where the controversy started was that he was on some really big podcasts and like be like, like denied it, like double down, triple down, quadruple down on like never touch that stuff. It's, you know, quote unquote, subprimal, which is like the terminology he uses to say things that you shouldn't be doing. And like, you know, like triple down on like, I would never touch that stuff. That's not how I'm looking this way. Like I'm literally looking this way by doing these things. And, you know, a lot of the criticism, which I think is fair, is, you know, his brand has been built off of what essentially now has come out as a lie because he's not achieving the results that he's achieving solely off the things that he that he says are important and he does have a lot of companies that have a lot of financial gains to make by him pushing this message right like he sells desiccated organ supplements he sells a lot of you know um he sells like a bar a protein all these products that like you know he pushes with the liver king brand so it came out last week uh, Derek from More Plates, More Dates had an amazing YouTube video that breaks it all down. It was like a journalism piece. It was great. Breaking down these leaked emails that essentially, you know, to maybe no one's surprise, made it clear that, you know, this guy, Brian, uh, Brian Johnson is his real name, um, oh the, the, the liver king, something like that, has indeed obviously been taking like a shit ton of steroids. Like not just like a little bit of human growth hormone, yeah, a like eleven thousand dollars a month, yeah, a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Derek, the guy said that he he's seen Mister Olympia bodybuilding athletes that have been on less steroids and performance enhancing drugs than the Liver King. So it's not yeah. like this guy was like you know doing a Absolutely little bit exactly. here and there. No, 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 no. He was like he was on some like intense stuff. Um, 
So yeah, super interesting story. I mean, I actually wrote a whole bunch of things down because I think it's 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 fascinating. But I want to hear your hot take on it, Jay, because I know you watched the same video. Dude, so first off, if you haven't seen this video, I'm not like super into Liver King. Him, him and I have had uh, one exchange, a few exchanges over email, like very casually. Like I got introduced to him and he was super generous with me, super nice. He's like, yo, what up? Got all crazy. Like, actually, I should pull up the email. Um, and then he sent me out... Uh, he sent me out liver, he sent me out bone marrow, and he sent me out some ancestral supplements. So that's my only engagement with him personally. Did he send only... you actual liver? Yeah. He sent me um like frozen, like like liver. That's, like that's awesome. Um so I'm pulling up the email right now. Um, but dude, it was just a it, anyways, my my engagement with him was always like super simple, right? So I oh, I got connected through Savon. So Brian Johnson. He goes, uh, he goes, Kalipa, no brainer. You need liver and bone marrow, brother. After that, you can course correct towards specific goals or underlying conditions that need addressing. In the spirit of prioritizing, execute, let's start to a liver and bone marrow supplements immediately. Send me your address and I'll get you a round of this. Da, 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 da. No waiting, no more excuses. Take max and take massive action and dominate. Uh, Dom, if Kalipa is up for it, feel free to send him 10 pounds of liver and 10 pounds of bone marrow uh, from my farm and put it on my tab. So that's my like interaction with him. It's a fantastic super, email. Super cool. But anyways, and then he, he signs it off. LK out. Like, <laughs> but the, the reason why I, I find this to be really interesting is that when you watch that piece that uh, more plates, more dates makes, he, he almost did like a documentary on liver King. And I, what I find to be really sad is that when you look at what the liver king because through these emails, it tells a really interesting story. And the story goes, he already had some success. And then he and his media team actually created a plan to get to a million followers. And he needed some basically some optimization of his body, etc. And he goes into detail with this person. I have a feeling I know who the person is he's emailing. But anyways, he goes into detail on blood work, on on everything and this person's asking him really specific questions and what's really sad about it is that like i see two sides of the coin here on the one side he built the brand off many would say like a lie and he's on podcast after podcast after podcast doubling down and specifically then even getting into it by like having social media posts saying like this is my supplement like this is my story and it's just kind of sad because he doubled down on the fact that he wasn't doing it, which just kind of reduces his credibility because he went so deep into saying he doesn't do these steroids. And then to see all this information come out that he was blatantly doing it was like really sad. But on the other side, dude, when you look at his schedule and he maps it out on these emails, it is so aggressive, so hardcore so to the point of like ancestral living, it's pretty interesting. Like he says, wake up at this time, hit this workout, eat this liver, do this thing, hit another workout. Like his regimen and his dedication to his physique, his, his improvement is like inspiring as it is. But then all that aspirational aspects were gone because like of this, this steroid controversy where I think if he had just been more upfront, I think he still would have been inspirational in some ways about the way he lives. But at the same time, right, one of the reasons why he got so much publicity is because 
he was so aggressive in his approach towards like, this is what's getting me there, not these other things. So anyways, I'm, I'm not, I guess that's a long winded way of saying like the dude's still a total badass. He just really, I think went wrong by just doubling down on this whole, like no steroid thing. Cause it just leaves all credibility out the, out the door. And it's, it's sad for the fitness space because, you know, I think that those type of people it's, it's not good for any of us. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't agree more with pretty much the whole take. And the part that I found specifically interesting is exactly what you said. Like even the way he like writes those emails, the email to you and the email that like predated him being on social media and like being this character, even if like he was already like in character before then, like how in line it is with what you see on social media was really impressive. Dude. Like I, when I saw that they were like leaked emails and all this, like I, a part of me expected him to like, just be this guy that was like, Hey, like, you know, trying to keep this confidential, but like this and this, but like literally in those emails, he's the liver king. He's talking in exactly the same way. He, there was that one email with whoever he's consulting with, where he tells him about like the first colostrum ice cream. And he's like, and you should you come gotta, like, you got to fucking yeah, try come. it. Yeah. Like he literally like Derek reading those emails sounded exactly like a video of the liver King on Instagram. And I thought that was really interesting because like you said, when he laid out his schedule, you know, steroids aside, the guy does everything he says he does. Like he does. He works out twice a day. He eats a shit ton of like liver and eggs and carbs, eats zero garbage. Cause one of the questions, the guy who was consulting him and he was like, you know, what cheat foods do you enjoy? Pizza, popcorn, whatever he asked him. And he was like, nothing. Dude, but so, so to your point, I'm wondering if this is a whole marketing ploy. I'm really curious. And here's the reason why. Okay. On the one hand, it's like, oh, liver king exposed, right? But on the other hand, you have guys like us who actually watch the video, who actually are like reading through his emails. Dude, the guy's fucking, he's a, he, I mean, more so than many people I've ever met. He is on brand with the exception of the use of steroids. Now, I'm not saying like, dude, I mean, I could go get my blood work done. You'll see that I'm not on anything. And I've never claimed to be on anything or whatever. No one's really, it's fine. But like, I know that like totally demystifies who he is and all this stuff, but giving credit where credit's due, dude, he, um, in those emails, man, he, uh, he's hardworking. It just, it's, it's actually kind of, I actually feel bad. I shouldn't say I feel bad for him because he is kind of being manipulative in his approach, but dude, the guy's obviously has a high level of, of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like obedience. And I mean, dude, he, he just- dude, it's so it's, it's impressive. And he's also like a marketing genius. The fact that he like, whether it was him, his team or a combination of both, you know, they had this ancestral supplements brand that was doing fine. The fact that they came up with this idea of, Hey, if we build this persona called the liver King, cause it didn't exist before. And we, you know, cause he, he had the whole plan laid out. He was like, I'm going to have a videographer that's going to stay at my guest house. And I'm going to have a film team come four times a month. Like he had a very clear plan. And he even said like, I'm going to start this brand and I would like it to grow to a million followers by March, 2022. And he actually hit that before. So marketing genius and how we approached it. You, obviously there's deception there. And, and I'm not trying to excuse the fact that he lied to many people. But I do think that there's something to be said about like 
how in line he is with the person that he portrays to be. Um, and also just the fact that he was like, hey, this is going to sell a shit ton of my product. Like there's something to be said about that that I think is impressive. I'm not like a proponent of the lying, the deception or PED use and then claiming not to use it. Um, but it's still impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the exact same way. I mean, if you actually read through the emails and you looked at his schedule and you looked at his commitment to Metcons, conditioning, uh, strength work, West Side conjugate method, uh, it's, I mean, you know, that's the shitty part, right? Is, dude, I, I saw a video of him and he had linked it in the emails from before he started working with this person, having all kinds of uh, steroids. I'm sure he was still on some other stuff, but he was still jacked as shit. He was just saying that he had some excess back fat or whatever. Um, it just makes you wonder if he wasn't on anything legitimately, what would he look like? And would he still look good enough? Because it's the antics and all the stuff that he does, I think captures people. He looks jacked. Don't get me wrong. He's on all these podcasts with his shirt off, but how much more jacked has he looked on all these steroids than if he wasn't on them? I, I don't know. Makes you wonder, you know, because like, I wonder what's going to happen with this brand for the future. Like, is, is it done? No, I, I don't think so at all. If you've been following for the past couple of days, he's like, I think now he's just going to revert to what, you know, if you were in the liver King corner, what he should have always done, which is what a lot of bodybuilders do, which is just avoid the question, deflect the question, right? Like when you get asked straight up, don't say no, but just, you know, like there's many ways to answer it where you're not saying yes, but you're not saying no, which is kind of an admission, but it's never out there that you're like, yes, I use PDs. That way people that want to believe can believe, but right. you're also not straight up lying to people, which right. seems like the route he's taking now, because, you know, he's been posting the same stuff he's always posted, but he also had one where he was like, yeah, like people criticizing. Thank you for everyone that's shown support. Now he's also sharing a lot of people that are messaging saying, Hey, like you changed my life for the better. Like, you know, all your advice has helped me. So he's, he's now just deflecting, but I, I, maybe the brand isn't going to grow to the extent that it would have, if this never came out, but I don't think the liver King is going anywhere. Dude. I, I, um, so I agree with you. I think where, where, where it's unfortunate for the public is just how much like on these podcasts, he's like blatantly saying like, no, never. If he had just done what you just said, like deflect it. Right. Like even like some of these BJJ guys that are on stuff, they just deflect it. They never like say mm -hmm. they do or don't, Yeah, but they're not doubling down on, they don't. So it's like, Maybe, <laughs> um, but I, 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 um, you, you know, know, I, I'm I do think it's just a I, big marketing plan. That's all. I don't know. I, the, the reason I think no, although it very, it very well might be is because people that he's been like associated with and like have even been business partners with like, um, Paul Saladino carnivore MD, you know, have now posted videos like distancing themselves and saying how disappointed they are. So the fact that like people that, we're a part of his circle and, 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 you know, business partners are like saying, I don't want anything to do with that makes it feel like it's legitimate, but who knows, right? Like, honestly, who knows? Um, but one thing that I do think is important and I don't want to speak for you, but I think you feel the same way is that by no way is this like defending, you know, like going out there and being like purposefully deceptive to sell something, right? Like that is, I think we can all agree black and white, like it's wrong. Like, don't do that. Like there's 
a gray area in marketing where, you know, you can bend the facts a little bit and create a story and like inflate like the results and the end of like whatever you're trying to sell, you know, as a marketer, like we try and lean into that all the time. But when you're like, like I'm clearly trying to deceive, I am saying that I have done this without the help of this, even though I did, that is wrong, period. And it's inexcusable and whatever. But I think that taking a step back in the fitness space, like when I look at the fitness space now, especially with social media, there's nothing unique about the liver king going out there and being, hey, I look like this and I look like this because I do X, Y, and Z or I take X, Y, and Z. So you should do it because it's what I sell. I would say that the vast majority of fitness influencers or whatever you want to call them out there are always pushing a training plan pushing a supplement, pushing a, a, a tea detox, whatever, that they don't actually use to look the way they look. Like that's that's super common. That's that's the majority of the space, not the majority of like our CrossFit functional fitness space, but a lot of fitness influencers out there that look a certain way will be like, hey, look at me, now buy this thing. Meanwhile, I know, you know, that it's not that thing that led them to look that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that like we could give, I mean, I don't, I don't pay attention as much to like the bodybuilding space. So I can't speak on that. Um, I know for me, like it's super important just to be authentic in anything we want to talk about. And I think that anytime that we've tried things that like don't resonate as much with me personally, they just fall flat because I can't talk about them passionately or like reality. Like I talk about our training programs. That's what I do all the time. I talk about jujitsu because that's what I do all the time. Um, I don't know what it would be like, just go out there and peddle a product. Cause I, that's not the way I am, but I could understand how the money would be alluring in, in, in this case with liver King, I think that there's a clear line where he was deceived. He, he deceived people. He blatantly lied. And for that, it ruins his credibility. And that's really, that sucks, right? Because you wonder who else is doing it. And it just, it just calls on his character, which I think is really shitty. But you could still look at someone and be, I don't know if I want to say inspired or aspirational about his commitment to his fitness. Because when you look at his schedule, it's like, wow, that dude's a hard charger. And he's he he toes that line. But then on the same token, right, I could say that about him. But on the other side, I'd be like, hey, there's certain attributes of him that I want nothing to do with, which is like lying and being deceitful. So that's my take on it. You know, I think from a marketing perspective, you're absolutely right, though. Like, you should never be... You could kind of elevate things, but there should never be any lying or deceitfulness. That's that's fucked up. And in the long run, it's actually going to be a, a in the long run, it just won't work, in my opinion. It might give you some short term gain, but I think in the long run, people will sniff through the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I, there's definitely some truth to that. You know, I think that it 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 ends up being like the Lance Armstrong thing, right? Like two things can be true at once. Like Lance Armstrong was deceitful, a liar, did many things wrong. But at the same time, like there's no one else on the planet that could have done what Lance Armstrong did. And in that respect, he is one of the best athletes we've ever seen in, a, in our timeline, right? And I think that comparing both of them maybe isn't like the, the best analogy, but like the same thing can be true. Like two things can be true at once. Like the liver king lied and was deceitful and that is wrong and that shouldn't be done. But like, if you look at his schedule, work ethic, and even like his business acumen, like those are all things that I think we can all learn from or get some inspiration from if you can separate the fact that he was deceitful and a liar. 
Yeah. And it brings up like a really good reason why, especially when I was competing heavily in CrossFit, people would be like, Hey, you're on steroids. And that was the first thing they would come at me about. <laughs> and I would always be like, look, dude, I get tested all the time, blah, 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 blah. I mean, shit, I even just got blood work done from Merrick Health a couple months ago. I'm more than happy to share that with whoever wants to see it. Right. But you know, the real reason why I never pursued anything was one, I was performing well enough without anything. But the other was, I knew that one day I was going to retire from the sport. I knew that was going to happen at some point. And I never wanted to wonder what if, like, meaning like, could I have accomplished what I accomplished if I wasn't on something like, and I wonder for like someone like liver King now looking back on it, I wonder if he reflects and says, dude, I didn't even need all that bullshit. And I could have still been this successful. Uh, th that's what drew me. It was like, I never wanted to wonder like, like, I, do I really need that stuff? I'm just going to avoid it because I'm still performing really well. And I don't want to sit back when I'm 50 and be like, dude, I took all that garbage, but did I really need to? And now it's tarnished my brand or whatever, whatever. So I, I don't know with liver King, maybe it's a little bit different, but it was a fascinating story. No matter what people should go check oh, it out, especially yeah. the way that guy did um, the documentary on it. Like you could fast forward through parts, but it was good. Yeah. It was, it was real good, man. Um, I mean, yeah, it is, it, you know, I, I, I think that's one thing about the CrossFit space. I do like, it seems more authentic than, than in sure. general. Some of these like, sure. you know, six pack ab type programs, um, for sure. You know, but the, I, with I, the day and age of social media, it's crazy. That's I, I mean, yes, I think you hit the nail on the head with that because like same way, like you're doing your programming, like gyms, uh, gym owners and coaches out there, like for the most part, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of like, well, the coaches are doing this competitors program. They're not taking class. And I don't think that's ideal, but for the most part, like everyone's doing what they're preaching that their clients do. Right. Or at least that's what they should. And I do completely agree with you. I think that happens a lot more in our space than in like the general, like fitness influencer, like, you know, six weeks to six pack abs kind of area, because those guys are not, they didn't do that six week program to look the way they did. Um, and I think that that's deceitful and it's very similar to what happened with the liver King. And it's a reason why I think the fitness industry maybe gets a bad rap sometimes, but I do think that it's cool that like our space isn't like that. Like our space is feels a lot more genuine and maybe that's because it is our space, but um, I'd like to think that, you know, we're very different to kind of the fitness industry at large in that respect. Yeah. I think, you know, the reality is, is like a lot of people, at least in the CrossFit space or even jujitsu for that matter, it, it requires such a level of suffering and hard work that I think that um, it starts to weed out some different communities, like it, in general, just because it's so hard. So yeah, anyways, we're about it. I think go check out the Liver King. Super interesting. My one email correspondence with him was fine. Uh, I, uh, I, I, yeah, we roasted up some bone marrow and uh, I never really, you know, got into the ancestral supplements. I don't really dive into any of that, but uh, I am a big bar guy. So I haven't seen, I haven't seen his bar. So I gotta go look at it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got a bar. Um, I mean, as far as like organ meats go from everything I've looked at in my own experience, that stuff is great. Um, you know, I, I did the, it's funny. So I like hook, line and sinker bought into like the whole like oh like liver and raw liver we did raw liver for a while it was gross but um it was like an easy way to get liver 
every single day. Um, and like, we knew where we were getting the liver from, which is super important. Like if you're going to eat anything raw, like you have to be super careful, obviously. And you shouldn't have anything raw from like a supermarket because that stuff is, you don't know where that came from. We're lucky that we have like local farmer friends. So we're getting a liver from like a cow that got raised by our friend, very different. Right. Um, but now what we do is we buy these like ground beef packets that have like a little bit of organ meats, like mixed in them. Um, it's a good way to get those. I don't even know that they're in there. Um, and, but I'm getting organ meats. I don't like the taste. So it's like an easy way to get it, um, without having to like actually eat liver. Wait, how long did the org, how long did the liver last for if it's not cooked or frozen or is it well, frozen? It was frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So you, we, what we would do is we would, we would cut it up into one ounce pieces and put them away like that in the freezer. And then the day you're going to eat it, you just take it out, let it defrost, and then you eat it at some point. Um, you, you can even eat it while it- on it or anything? No, I mean, it's like an ounce piece. You just like, you know, you kind of just swallow it down. Oh man, it's like a- It was gross. It was gross. I mean- piece of, piece of sashimi. Yeah, it, it like wasn't ideal. But I mean, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like I am a big believer that if there's something out there that like intuitively makes sense, and that to me intuitively made sense. Like there's a lot of micronutrients in there that might be more bioavailable if it's not cooked and it's raw. So anything that like just intuitively makes sense, I will always try. I'll try it usually for four to six weeks, see how I feel, see if it's something that's like sustainable for me to do long-term. And then I might add that to the things I do, or I might be like, Hey, I tried that. And then like find something that's more sustainable, which is what happened with the liver. Like I did it. I think I did it for probably six weeks. And I was like, yeah, I feel pretty good, but I don't know if it's this or the other things that I'm doing, but like doing this every day is a complete, like, I hate it. So let me find a better way to do it. And that's what we did, which we have the ground beef blends that we'll cook, you know, three times a week that have a little bit of heart, kidney and liver in it. Dude, love it, man. Well, something that was on my mind, I, uh, I hit a workout with the crew. So on Tuesdays, we hit a workout with the staff here at NC fit, which I always love doing. We did a uh, heavy box step overs, which I haven't done in a while. And if you haven't incorporated box stepovers in a while, you take a set of dumbbells, you put them on the side, farmer's carry style, suitcase style, whatever you want to refer to it as, and you step up and over. And it just seems so like rudimentary and simple in its, in its, in its uh, you know, approach, but it, it's so hard. Like I was using fifties, stepping up and over a box. And then it was combined with devil's press, dude, just nasty. So that's a workout that's coming up. Um, I want to say it's coming up sometime for Christmas. It was a uh, 100 cal bike, 75 uh, pull-ups, uh, 50 box step overs, and something devil's press. But I broke it down into five rounds of 20, 15, 10, 5. So whatever that, you know, whatever that works. So 25 uh, devil's press at the end. And it was five rounds. It took me like 13 minutes or something like that. But man, those box step overs with those 50 pounders, whoo, it's yeah. tough. So That's just a little on, on, on a 24, right? Yeah, just a little inspiration for you guys. If you're looking for something to warm up or add a little extra something, 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 hit up those box step overs. Something else I got a little inspired by yesterday, talking to Jimmy from GoRuck. Just uh, I'm going to start messing around a little bit more with some sandbags just for fun. Uh, I'll Love let you guys know how that goes. You know? Love the sandbag. The, the sandbag, if I had to pick like one fitness piece of equipment that helped me get over like the really, really bad back injury that I had a while back, it was the sandbag. 
um, my coach uh, back in Long Island, Dennis, he recommended that I start doing, I, I we spoke yeah, about the, this before, the carries, like, right? yeah. yeah, the carries as just like a daily thing to like, essentially strengthen everything that like protects your spine. Because if you're doing a bear hug carry with a sandbag, like your glutes are fired up, everything around your spine is fired up and you're literally like bracing the entire time while you walk. And so I started doing that every day. I don't do it every day anymore. Um, I probably do it honestly once or twice a week, but I still do it like every week I'll do that walk. Um, and it's been a game changer because I haven't had oh, that's dude. That's why you're able to do the go ruck walk so easily at yeah. Rogue Invitational. You son of a bitch. Dude, <laughs> that, I mean, that wasn't that crazy hard, but you grabbed it and just walked with it hella easily. Um, but dude, that's something that I'm 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 thinking about too is with sandbags. So it's I'm great, gonna start man. playing with them a little bit more. Yeah. I've been playing with them, but uh I think that I think there's a lot of utility in particular for jujitsu athletes because of the the gripping and the holding. And mm -hmm. the fact that it's like an odd object, um, I think there's a lot of things you could do with, I think dumbbells are super universal. I think barbells, it's fine. It's just not as natural as like picking something up off the ground, like a set of dumbbells that require kind of like this, you know, single arm, uh, you know, uh, kind of stability. But I also think um, the sandbag's nice because you can round your spine around it and kind of learn what it feels like to lift from a rounded ish position that's still supported by an object. So I'm going to, I'm going to play with it a little bit more and report back here on the podcast on, you know, my thoughts on it. Um, it it's funny you mentioned that because, um, and this might be something we want to bring MDV into the conversation for, because one thing that I've been hearing a, a little bit of, there's like a couple of people that I follow on social media that have been, <sighs> I think talking about this more and more is this idea, right. Of what you just said, you know, it, in the gym, traditionally, unless you're incorporating things that specifically get you into a flex spine, you know, we're always like neutral spine, neutral spine, neutral spine, like deadlifting, kettlebell swings, like make sure you're in a neutral spine. Like we preach it till the end of the world. But like in the day to day, like when you pick something up, when you're doing anything, if you're picking up your kid, whatever it is, you're rounding your spine. You always are. So how does that translate? And do you really need to do things with a rounded spine? You know, I think that if you're working on a deadlift with proper form, that is going to help you pick up your kid with a rounded back. Like, I don't think it's as black and white as some of the people on social media are saying like, oh, there's no transfer. Like, eh, I'm a little skeptical of that. You know, show me a woman that can, you know, uh, deadlift 225 pounds. And I doubt she's ever going to have issues picking up her kid. 100%. But but I think there's something to be said still about things like what you just said, you know, like the farmers carry step over the box, like things that are a little bit more, you know, not so perfectly balanced barbell, perfectly neutral spine, like perfect tempo. Like there's something to be said about things that, you know, take a little bit of instability. And I think that we do a good job, obviously, at, at NCFIT incorporating like the right amount of those yeah. movements because well, it doesn't have to be right everything. Mode at the right, right load. Right. So if you're using like, for example, with my kids, you know, like with Caden, he loves to deadlift, dude, I shut him down because he, he, he starts rounding out or whatever, but if he's using a very light kettlebell and he's working. So like, you know, even if you look back in like old school CrossFit days, like I'm talking back in the day, if you're working a hip extension, right. You want neutral spine. If you're working a back extension, you want to go vertebrae by vertebrae and kind of work it up. And I think there's value in taking like a 45 pound bar or a light bar and working through like rounding out your spine and coming back up again to isolate 100%. vertebrae and to strengthen up your, your erectors totally. But I don't think, uh, so the, the argument I, or the, the position I have on it is like, 
10 times out of 10, if someone knows how to maintain a neutral spine and lift heavy load, I think they'll, um, I think that will transfer over. So at least they'll fight towards neutral spine. They might not be great at it, but if we teach those fundamentals in the gym, I think they'll translate to when you are picking up your kid or doing different things. Now, I think every now and then you should be incorporating things like, you know, single dumbbell rounded spine position or sandbag work, whatever it is to put you in different positions. But in general, I think you should fight for neutral spine. And I think then when people are lifting outside the gym, they'll at least think about it like they're lifting up a box. Maybe you can't get into a perfect, uh, you know, neutral spine position, but at least you're attempting it. I think that's the difference between if you're just having people lift to the gym with a shitty position, then when they go outside the gym, they're staying, they're going to stay shitty. At least we're fighting for this position when they're outside the gym, they'll at least be aware of that position, you know? Yeah. It's a great topic that I think we should dive into more detail. What I think this really makes prominent for me is this is why it's so important that people don't just do all their fitness in the gym. Oh yeah. Right. Like this is because if you are, if the only place you're moving your body is in the confines of the gym, then I can see it being an issue because now you're always doing an exercise with a barbell, even with a dumbbell, like it's very structured. It's very balanced weight. This is why you should go to the gym. You should work out there, do your neutral spine stuff, but then like go out, play with your kids, like pick up something heavy. Like, don't be afraid to like do some work around the house, like climb a ladder, like go, you know, clean the gutter, like all these go things on a are ruck. important. Yeah, yeah. Go on a ruck. Like all those things I think are more than enough to train your body in like, you know, a flex spine and all these weird positions. And then you can use the gym to strengthen your body with an external load in a safe way. But the problem is when people get into this, like, Hey, I work out at the gym and then that's it. That's all I do. I go to the office and I sit down all day. You got to get outside because that's where I think you're going to get those, those, you know, unbalanced and and kind of different, like more practical stimulus. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes, it goes both ways, right? If all you do is play soccer, I think soccer has great utility to lateral this, 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 but you need the gym to fill in voids, right? Just like if you, all you do is be in the gym, well, you need things like soccer to fill in the voids that you're missing in the gym. They go both, they go hand in hand. So yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's a big message. We're going to continue to preach here on this podcast and elsewhere is like, I love the gym. I'm in a gym right now. I live in a gym. Like <laughs> at my house, I have a full gym. Like, dude, there's no one that's going to come at me and be like, you don't like the gym. Fuck yeah. I love the gym. But I also think it's important to, you know, go outside, go do things, go play new sports. And I think that was something that, you know, I'm going to try and do more and more of and preach it more. Cause I think you'll actually get more fun out of it and it'll be better for your long-term health and wellness. So hundred percent. Hey, you know, guys, if you listen to this podcast, I've had a few people recently hit me up on social saying that it's like their favorite podcast of the year, this and that. I would just really appreciate a simple ask, leave a rating, leave a review of the podcast either on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to it helps us helps the show a lot. So if you're listening, take 10 seconds and do it would really appreciate it. I know Gabe would too. And um, that's pretty much where I'm at, man. We're going to keep, you know, being on the mic, talking, uh, having fun and um, waiting for baby Yana's to show up oh, any day now, any day. Um, another great way to support the podcast, not just support the podcast, but I think, you know, grab a product that I think is great. I know Jason thinks as well. Check out the element link in the show notes and grab yourself a free sample pack. Um, it's a great way to stay hydrated. And now in the winter, I've been loving like hot versions of the chocolate. It is so good. So, it is so good, right? Yeah. So a win-win way to support the podcast is check out that link, 
grab a free sample pack, enjoy some element, stay hydrated. And yeah, man, I think that's for it. For the today. record, for anybody who wants to go hot, I, I'm not, I'll just say it. I'm not a huge fan of the regular chocolate. I'm not, I haven't tried the mint. I'm just not a mint guy, but man, the chocolate caramel hot one is <laughs> absolutely delicious, but it, it is so damn good. Um, anyways, I just, I had to say that because I just think it's delicious. I, but we still need Rob Wolf to come on and talk about the salt though. We do. I'm really excited for that. One last point. The other day, Ariel, my wife made the chocolate element and added like not much, like a splash of eggnog. And she said it was amazing. So if you like eggnog, if you're into like, you know, the holiday warm drinks, I tasted it too. It was pretty damn good. So just a recommendation there. Dude, I'm not a, I'm not an eggnog guy. Hey, you know what I did have last night though? I got to tell you. <laughs> so growing up as a kid, we'd always go to my grandma's house. And every, every Saturday I'd be at my grandma's house and growing up, we'd always like pick a different food to have. But traditionally, um, it was either like Italian, Chinese, or like, uh, basically that's it, right? It was like Italian, Chinese, or like hamburgers. And last night, Kate and I, I told you, I'm just, him and I are solo. Do we went to this, like, just like hole in the wall Chinese spot and got chow mein, fried rice, sweet and sour chicken and mushu pork or something like that. And dude, it was like, just childhood memories relived, but boy, oh boy, that is not the healthiest of options. Uh, I'm not here to condone it, but it was, it was damn good. So every now oh, and then, dude. if you feel the urge, go find some good, uh, fried rice and chow mein, man. Cause it hit the spot for sure. Oh, dude. Yes. Yes. I, I fully support that message. Not that being on a regular or healthy in any way, but dude, every now and then some like old school, <laughs> greasy Chinese food just <laughs> hits, just hits different. I wish I would have had a camera on Kate and I. I swear, man, we mopped up these four. <laughs> I can own I can I can literally imagine it. Uh, anyways. All right, guys. We'll keep crushing it. Have an awesome week. And uh, we'll see you again next week for another episode. And to make sure to check out the Coffee Kalipas, leave us a review and check out our friends over at Element. Let's get it. Oh,